The Gospel this Easter morning is from the 24th chapter of Luke. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and then he went home amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of our Lord. God's grace and peace and love comes this Easter morning. Amen. 
She simply said, I haven't been able to make it back to church. She wasn't looking for a pardon from her absence. She was stating her truth. Her husband had died suddenly at the end of 2020, altering planned and hoped for futures and disrupting the daily routine of life like attending church together. It's hard to watch online by myself, she said, because it's so apparent all that has changed. Death has its way, and it really messes with life. Lest we get allured by the smell of lilies and the buttery sounds of well-played instruments, we need to name how traumatic this resurrection story really is. These women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and other women were disciples of Jesus. They had followed him, and they had stayed even at his death when everyone else fleed. They watched as his crucified body was taken from the cross, wrapped in a linen cloth, and laid in a tomb. We don't get to hear what they were wondering about as they make their way so early that morning, holding carefully the prepared spices to anoint the body of the one they loved, to do all the things you do to tend to death. But quickly they noticed the stone had been rolled from the tomb. And as they stooped to look inside, they see that the body of Jesus is not there. And suddenly two figures appear in white, we presume to be angels. Why do you look for the living among the dead, they ask. He is not here, but has risen. Remember what he told you. Remember? How could they possibly remember anything? These women cannot even do what they came to do because without a body, burial ointment is no longer needed. How can they remember? How can they move ahead? How can they even be present in this kind of chaos? No wonder they bowed their faces to the ground. The angels give no instructions. So the women are left dangling between the past, present, and future. What are they to do now? It is so subtle in Luke's telling. But the women remember. And in their remembering, they can take the next step, do the next thing in the face of so much uncertainty. We can never exactly know the words that they remembered. Were they the actual words when Jesus was in Galilee? Or maybe their minds recalled another moment in the presence of Jesus that gave them the assurance that God's love could even be stronger than death. And we will never know exactly what it was that they remembered but the remembering came from what they had already experienced. 
Jesus was part of the past and now the future. What they already had was enough to bring them to the next place. So they offered what they had and then they gave it away. So they go and they try to articulate this jumbled mess of emotions, entangled strands of fear and possibility that are racing through their hearts. They go to the other disciples, their closest friends, the ones they trusted the most. And the disciples didn't believe them as they so vulnerably shared the trauma of their mourning. Another gut punch. Resurrection can mess with life. The ones so familiar with death showed up, peasant women as they were. They were the ones who had the front row seats to God's most amazing miracle. But that miracle didn't come with fanfare or clarity, just a story in their bodies that held all the trauma that they had experienced. And it sure doesn't seem enough, does it? But their presence, their remembering, their witness, however frantic it was, set in motion the story that you just heard today. They were the first preachers, and their word, as poorly received as it was by the disciples, breathe the news of resurrection to all of creation. Now, I know for some it is too raw to come to church today because you are weeping over fresh graves. Some of you are planning funerals this week. Some of you are settling into the reality of hospice. And for some of you, the impact of death is still affecting the course and routine of daily life. Even on Easter morning, we can't escape the reality of death and how it changes us. Resurrection is not reversal. It doesn't take away the burning of tears or the shock of disbelief. It's not a pill we swallow to make it all better. Resurrection is jarring and offensive because it takes what we know and it blows it up. If death is not the end, then what? What is there then that we can control or we can rely on? And if resurrection is indeed true, why does death still hurt so much? But hear this. In the mash of all that is traumatic, unfinished, and perplexing, God is still at work, moving stones, raising the dead, and giving you the courage to live. It is a gift that we are called to remember each day. We are simply called to remember. And maybe today it is the remembering of these women who remembered, and that was enough for them to witness. And then Peter received their witness and went to the tomb to see for himself. The story goes on person by person, day by day. And even when our minds fade and remembering becomes more difficult, resurrection is still here to take the moments lived 
to lead us ahead. So this Easter morning, hear that God raised Jesus from the dead, and God is also raising us, the living, as we live our truth, our story, we become the witness. So offer what you have and then just give it away. Knowing the resurrected Christ meets you right where you are. The same woman who so honestly shared how difficult it was to come back to church served communion with me a couple weeks ago. I overheard her words repeated again and again. The blood of Christ shed for you. She wasn't sitting in a pew by herself, but standing up front, daring to proclaim that the body and blood of Jesus was given for each one who sipped the tiny cup and received enough for the day. That was her witness, still grieving and making her way in a life that is so different than what she expected. After church, I asked her, how did you do that? And she simply replied, I remember what this church community meant to him and to me. Resurrection does not come without a death, and resurrection doesn't come easy. Yet, it is promised and given for you and for me to help us both remember and live ahead. In just a moment, you will hear Jesus' words the night before his death. This is my body given for you. Do this to remember me. This is my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. God has not forgotten the dailiness of faith. It is here for you. Why do we look for the living among the dead? Christ is risen. Do you remember? Alleluia. Amen. <laughs>